Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today. I appreciate you spending some time out of your busy day with me. So today we're talking about um, using a franchise CPA. Recently read an article, and the title of the article was, Why Hire a Franchise CPA? Some of the article went like this. You may be good with numbers and spreadsheets, but because there's so much money involved in buying and running a franchise, it's recommended that you consult with an accountant. However, as some issues are only found in the world of franchising, from an accounting perspective, hiring an accountant that specializes in franchise businesses is highly recommended and wise. So you may think, I already have a CPA. And, and they may be a great CPA, but you have to keep in mind that some of the, the knowledge that this CPA will need to help you as you move forward with purchasing and building a franchise is they need to understand the franchise laws. They need to understand more about the specific uh, business model of franchising. So today we have CPA Michael Reeder. He is a CPA and the managing uh, shareholder of SRA, which is a CPA firm in the Chicago area that provides value to both the franchise buyer candidate and the franchise consultant. So please help me in welcoming Michael to the show. Hey, Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, Linda, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. You know, um, I, I said earlier that many times people think, you know, a CPA is a CPA, so shouldn't they know it all? But that's not necessarily so, Michael. Before we get started in that, let's tell me a little bit about how you became a CPA and how specifically you wanted to specialize working with franchise owners and candidates. Absolutely. So um, I, I, I jumped around majors in college. Um, I, went, I started out as a journalism major, uh, couldn't get passionate enough about it. I switched to physical therapy, same thing, couldn't get passionate about it. Um, and then I didn't uh, want to upset my parents by taking forever to graduate college, so I just settled on an accounting degree because it was practical, um, and it was something that I would be able to easily get a job out of college. So uh, it took me five years to graduate, my, my, to get my bachelor's in college, and I, and I, settled, I settled on accounting um, as a major because it was practical. So that, that's really how I got into the accounting industry. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I, I, the only experience that I had uh, while I was in school was a free three-month internship working at the accountant for my cousin's restaurant. 
So I, I did a, a free unpaid internship over at that CPA's firm the summer of 2010. And, um, and then in November of 2010, I met my now partner. Uh, I, I recently bought him out, but he's my forever mentor. His name is Barry Swartz. And I, I met him in November of 2010 with my limited experience in, in the CPA field. And he was intrigued by having the idea of a, someone young like me to come on board at his company. It was Swartz Financial Management Inc. at that time and to teach me the ropes of everything. And to one day, you know, as the future would go, to have an opportunity to become a partner and stuff like that. So I met Barry Swartz in November of 2010, and uh, the rest is history. Uh, we've, uh, we switched the name to Swartz and Reader Advisors in 2015 when I became a partner. Um, and so the, that's how I met. So, so that's how I got into the CPA world. Um, mm -hmm. And then so what happened was in 2014, our CPA firm bought another smaller CPA firm here in the greater Chicago area. And in 2015, we bought another CPA firm, two small books of businesses. And that was so everything that went into buying another business, even though they weren't franchise businesses, they were, they were other CPA firms, uh, was really intriguing to me. And I, I always had an entrepreneurial spirit inside of me. Um, you know, like I, as a kid, I was, I, was, I was really getting into, like, you know, selling, selling popcorn for the Boy Scouts and, uh, and, and whatever it was. I always, you know, uh, you know, lemonade stands, you name it. Uh, me and my friends, we made a haunted house in our garages this one time and we're charging people for it. So I always knew I had a entrepreneurial spirit inside of me. So when we bought these other CPA firms, it was really intriguing to me. And lo mm -hmm. and behold, one of the clients that we got in one of those books of business, who's still my tax client to this day was a self-employed franchise consultant. So mm. 2014 was the first year that I heard of what a franchise consultant is. So I would pick his brain about how he, operates how he um uh and so here i am i i just bought two businesses in 2014 2015 and i just got a client who's in the business of helping people buy businesses so all these mm -hmm. things were coming together and so in 2015 i decided to open up my own business brokerage franchise consulting firm with my partner john pace and my wife mimi reader my partner, John's been running that since 2015. I'm more of a passive partner in that role. But um, also at that same time, I recognized there was such a great need for a CPA in this space because John joined the fran – he initially joined the Franchise Broker Association in the summer of 2015. And in all of our networking with the Franchise Broker Association members – um, I, I really, I, I found them just asking me a bunch of questions about accounting and taxes, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they were all fi finding my advice really valuable. So they would, they would, uh, you know, they would introduce me to their candidates that they're working with and I would offer free consultation calls to their candidates. And so that's when my niche in the franchise industry as a CPA started to, snowball and get momentum and I started and so it started to figure itself out and now I've been going strong in it for six years and so mm -hmm. uh, Sabrina and Chris the great people over at the, F at the FBA um, at the end of 2015 January of 2016 uh, 
they asked me to be the affiliate CPA of the SBA, which I accepted with open arms. And, uh, and, and I still am the affiliate CPA of the SBA. Um, and more recently, I'm also the affiliate CPA of the U network and the franchise consulting company. Um, I, I've, uh, I, I collaborate with IFPG consultants. Um, I, I have a network of, of, of other franchise consultants and business brokers that are either independent or with uh, organizations such as, such as uh, Franchise, Franser, FranNet. Um, like I said, several uh, independent business brokers that are with Transworld, uh, Murphy's, Sun Acquisitions. And my process, ever since I started back when uh, – John joined the FBA in 2015 is I provide free consultation calls to franchise buying candidates. And on those free consultation calls, I answer any sort of accounting, tax, entity structure, funding, financial projection, resale, financial statement, due diligence, item 19 of the FDD, item 21 of the FDD inquiries that the franchise buying candidate has as they're going through the franchise investigation and franchise investment process. I provide value mm -hmm. to the franchise candidate in that context by answering all their questions on the free consultation call. And I provide value to the franchise consultant, such as yourself or such as John, or such as all the other great franchise consultants out there um, that are part of the FBA or all the other organizations that I mentioned by being the CPA tool on their tool belt of resources that they can tap into in order to enhance the value proposition that they offer their candidates while working through their franchise consulting process. So, um, like I said, I'm going six years strong on this, um, and, 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 and it's super fun. I love helping people going through the business buying process. I strongly believe that the type of advice that they get in the context of all those subject matters that I listed out goes a long way. As we know, we can't, you know, there's always some sort of risk inherent in business ownership, even though that risk is mitigated when you go into a franchise system compared to an independent business. Um, and we can't guarantee anything, but we can set up these candidates, these clients with the best chance to succeed. And so that's what I enjoy doing um, as my role as the affiliate CPA with all these franchise networks and, um, and, and as a CPA with a niche in the franchise industry. And, and, you know, Michael, that is so helpful um, for a broker to be able to tell their client, um, let, you know, here's a guy, he'll, you know, you get a free consultation with him because many times they don't, they don't even know how to structure their business. Um, maybe they have been in corporate their whole life. And even though they've been an executive vice president of some big company, all of this is brand new to them. And certainly the, the franchise um, business model is new to them in many cases. So how is, you know, this different working with a franchisee? And um, how is that different than working with a small business, independent mom-and-pop shop? Sure, great question. Um, and first, getting back to my process, how many people, how many CPAs do you know out there that, that give free advice? Because C CPAs and attorneys have a, have a reputation out there for nickel and diming for every second that they spend. So um, that, that's one thing that separates me a lot from 
a lot of my peers in the CPA world is that I'm willing mm-hmm. to give free consultation calls, provide value, and then for people that want to do business with me in a paid context afterwards, I'm always open to a conversation to that. But to answer your question, um, so when you're buying a franchise, there you know there's there's a franchise fee involved, and and when and so that's obviously a, a key difference with a franchise business compared to an independent business. So the franchise fee um, is what's known as a section 197 intangible asset. So it has to, so for tax purposes, it it can't get written off. Um, It can't get written off uh, in full in the year of purchase. It has to get capitalized and amortized over 15 years. So, um, you know, if you're a CPA that is not familiar with franchises, then you wouldn't know that. Um, when you're, when you're buying a franchise, there's, you know, there's, there's an investment involved. So a lot of, a lot of independent businesses start from scratch. And so with that Mm -hmm. being said, the, the pro of that is that they they might, you know, they may just start out with, with sweat equity. They might just pound the pavement and build up their client list. And it might take them a couple of years to grow a substantial list depending on what industry they're in, you know, if they're a real estate broker, you know, they just start selling houses and they start making money. Um, there's usually, you know, um, uh, like depending on what they're in and the independent side, if they're starting from scratch, usually they're just putting in sweat. But when they are investing in a franchise, there is some sort of investment, some, up, some upfront investment that is required. And so how do you fund that investment? Do you fund it with uh, an SBA loan? Do you fund it? With this, uh, with this retirement funding vehicle that I'm sure we'll talk more about, uh, the, the ROBS plan, which is an acronym for Rollover as Business Startup. Uh, do you fund it a combination of both of those items that I just mentioned? Do you fund it with uh, equity in your house? Do you fund it with some other sort of conventional bank loan? Do you fund it with a portfolio loan if you have, if you have uh, an after-tax stock portfolio? Um, and on, you know, do you fund it with good old-fashioned cash? Uh, how do you go about that? Um, that is a conversation that I'm always having on my free consultation calls with candidates. And so how do you structure the purchase of the franchise? Uh, being a CPA with a niche in the franchise space, uh, I'm, I'm very well versed in, in, in funding strategy. Now, I'm not a lender. I'm not a Benetrend. I'm not a tenant. I'm not a guidance. I'm not a Fran fund. I'm not a First Financial, all all great companies, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But but I am a CPA that is knowledgeable with funding strategy, and so knowing that every every candidate situation is different than the next, and every situation is case by case. So uh, what I've learned is not to paint every candidate with one broad brushstroke. Uh, every candidate situation is different, meaning their investment level is different their allocation of assets on their personal financial statement is different. Their view on taking on, on taking on debt, such as a, a loan is different. Their view on putting retirement assets at risk is different. So all of the, you know, like some candidates have a spouse that brings income into the household. Some candidates have a spouse that don't bring income into the household. Some candidates don't have a spouse. Some candidates are going to, leave their current corporate job and do the owner operator franchise full time, or they just got laid off. And so they're going to do the owner operator franchise full time, 
others are going to stay at their corporate job and work the franchise semi-passively and scale it until they can leave their corporate job two to four years down. The, so every situation is different. And so taking all these factors into consideration and advising on how they should go about structuring the, the you know, the, the entity structure of their business, should they go S Corp, LLC, C Corp, Y, you know, should they fund it, uh, Rob's SBA or something else or a combination and why that is the type of stuff that me, a CPA with a niche in the franchise industry, am very well versed in compared to other CPAs out there that are just more general small business CPAs, not necessarily with a niche in the franchise industry. So, Michael, when someone is, um, you know, they've decided, okay, um, I've identified the franchise that I'm, I want to uh, purchase and um, sh- I need funding, should they consider speaking to someone like you even before they make a decision as to whether it's an SBA or whether it's a Rob? Should they come to you first? Yes, and the reason I say that is, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm offering free consultation calls. So mm-hmm. it, it's not like, it's not like, you know, like, and my style is to provide value. And if they want to do business with me in a paid context, then I can have their conversation with them. But my process always has been for the last six years and it's worked out well for me is to provide value on that free consultation call and let the chips fall where they may. And the reason why they mm-hmm. should is because it's really all about them and not about me. And so mm-hmm. uh, a symptom of the industry today, and it's nothing against it. It's just, uh, it's just the industry is, it's just, it, it is what it is. Um, uh, there, uh, franchise consultants are not attorneys. Franchise consultants are not CPAs. Uh, franchise, but with that being said, uh, you know, and franchise consultants are not lenders. But with that being mm-hmm. said, when a franchise consultant goes to a national franchise conference, whether it's a broker conference or a, a, an expo of franchise brands um, or, a, you know, or a summit for a, a franchisor's brand, whatever it is, um, you're going to have representatives from lenders there that are incentivizing the brokers to get their candidates to get into these, you know, certain programs, you know, and, and so, like, so you have a lot of brokers out there that they mean well, and but like you know, they're 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 advising. Uh, there is a lot of painting every client with a broad brushstroke going on in the industry, uh, and 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 it's not anyone's fault. It's just kind of it's just the way it is. So you got um, consultants and uh, lenders that are that are you know just uh, uh, soliciting people you know that that are advising candidates to go into a ROBS or to go into an SBA without really doing a deep dive into that candidate's unique situation with, with all those different factors that I just mentioned about. And that's what they're going to get with me uh, with that free. And, and, and I can do a lot of damage in, in a one hour consultation call. I can, I can map out, I can map out a candidate's personal financial statement, get an idea of where their assets are, you know, what their net worth is, what their liquidity is, um, you know, and, 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 and take all that in consideration with their investment level and their, their household income. And I can, Get all the and I can get all the facts and I can make a recommendation. You know, hey, client A, you should probably go SBA and structured as an escort because of reasons X, Y, and Z. Hey, mm-hmm. client B, it looks like you know based on this investment level and the fact that you got minimal cash in the bank, you got minimal equity in your house, but you really want to do this business. It seems like the only option that you have is the Rob 
because all of your wealth is 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 uh, is centered in an IRA or four in, in retirement assets. Um, hey, mm-hmm. client C, like you have a strong cash position, and it's a pretty low investment that you're looking to go into because it's home based, not brick and mortar, and uh, there's no employees for the first year and a half. Why don't you just pay cash for it? You know, so mm-hmm. like uh, really, just uh, anyone going, and and that's why I am. I am a regular part of several franchise consultants process out there when they're working with candidates they're, the franchise. And that's the thing. I stay in my lane. I stay in my lane as a CPA. So I'm the mm-hmm. CPA. I'm going to talk about the things that I just mentioned. I'm not the franchise consultant. So if someone, mm-hmm. so if I'm working with, if I'm working with a candidate and about, you know, and we're talking about S corp versus C corp or et cetera, et cetera. And they say, Hey Mike, is this brand I'm investing in, you know, is this brand, mm-hmm. is it a good brand? I'm going to, Hey, a candidate, talk to Linda, talk to whoever, mm-hmm. talk to your franchise consultant. Cause that's, that's outside of my lane. That's out of that's So, um, uh, I'm, you know, so the, um, really, uh, but when can, when consultants are working with candidates and they're going through the franchise consulting process, they're making brand presentations, they're narrowing it down to, from, you know, from five brands to three brands to one brand or the, you know, and now they're at the point where they're getting ready to go to discovery day and all that stuff that, and I am a normal, I am, I am a part of several franchise consultants process because when they get to the appropriate stage in the franchise consulting process to say, okay, now's a good time to talk to Mike. He's the CPA out of Chicago. He'll give you a free consultation call to talk about the accounting tax entity structure funding, et cetera, aspects of everything that we're doing right here, Mr. And Mrs. Candidate, because, you know, he's a CPA, it's free advice, and he can touch on those things better than I can. And it's good to have a third voice in here advising. So, Absolutely. Uh, so I, I've proved concept with this process. And that's why I, I'm, I, I have a great relationship with several franchise consultants out there. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you mentioned that you're in Chicago, but Michael, can you work with anyone no matter where they're located? Great question. Yes. Uh, and the reason, so I need to have a physical office in the state in which I'm licensed. So I have a, I'm a licensed CPA in the state of Illinois. So that means that I have to have a physical office in Illinois, which I have. However, we can prepare, we can work with clients and we can prepare tax returns in all 50 states and the territories. Our software, our tax preparation software is very robust. It, 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 it handles all state filings for all 50 states. And, uh, and, and, and my book of business currently of small business clients over at my CPA firm uh, consists of several small business clients across the country, uh, of which several of them are franchises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great to know. Um, it looks like I'm coming up on uh, needing to take a commercial break. And I know that there's so much more that we could learn from you. And we may have to schedule another time for you to be on the show as well, Michael, because there's just so much that we, that we don't know what we don't know. And so uh, I think you're providing great content. But I'd love to hear maybe some stories of some of those clients that you've worked with or some of the, the consultants that you've worked with after we come back from commercial break. Do you happen to have any you could share? Absolutely. Very good. Well, folks, we'll be right back with more from Michael Reeder, and we're talking about why you need to have a franchise CPA. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling 
to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We are talking to Michael Reeder, and he's um, talking about why it's important, if you're looking at purchasing a franchise, why it's important to work specifically with a franchise CPA. So, Michael, when we broke for commercial break, I asked if you happen to have some stories you could share with us. Sure, and I'm sure that, you know, and I'm one of those people that after, like when we're done with it, when, when we're done with the the show, I'll think of all these other great stories that I could have told that I wasn't thinking of, but a couple <laughs> that come top to mind that always happens. Um, but one, so uh, a candidate um, in the Texas area uh, a couple years ago invested in uh, multiple territories of a reputable brand in the um, hair salon industry. And, uh, and when he came to me, he uh was going to, and, and he, and, and he was still going to work his corporate job. He's still working his corporate job. So he's still making a six figure income. And so when he came to me before I got involved with the previous advisors that he was working with before I got involved, his plan was to do both territories in a Rob's plan. And and so as I started, you know, I had my consultation call with him and, and I'm notorious by the way, for, you know, going like I, I schedule 60 minute consultation calls. I'm notorious for going over the 60 minutes and, and, and if me and the, and, and, and if I have to hard stop it or if the person has to hard stop it, I'll follow it. I'm very lenient with my time. But the point I'm getting to is once I started d- digging into his situation, I realized because uh, when you're a Rob's, you're a C corporation and a C corporation's income or loss, uh, it stands alone. It doesn't flow through to the 1040 of the individual, like a, like a pass-through entity, like an S-corp or a partnership LLC or a sole proprietorship does. And so uh, this was a brick-and-mortar franchise, and, and this candidate was going to have a lot of expenses in the first couple of years, it was going to be in the red for the first couple of years um, because of all the build-out furniture fixtures, um, et cetera. And so he was going to have a big loss and he's still making a six figure income over at his, uh, corporate job. And in the Rob structure, he wasn't going to be able to flow through those losses to his 1040, which would offset his six figure W2 income, Mm -hmm. which would result in him getting a substantial amount of his federal withholding back. He's in Texas, obviously. So as Linda, as you know, he doesn't have to worry about state income tax. Um, But uh, so I and, and, and he and, and he wanted to do an SBA loan and uh, you can't do an SBA loan on a non on a dormant on a dormant territory. So he wanted to get two territories. So he couldn't do an SBA loan um, 
because the, the SBA doesn't borrow against the territory unless it's uh, up and running. So that's why, like he was thinking, Rob's was his only option. So once we dug into it, we restructured. I, I, I was I, I advised him on well, why don't you set up an S corporation for the first territory and get an SBA and 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 uh, and 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 you could do something called a, a 401k loan, which is, you could borrow the greater of 50,000 or 50 percent of plan assets um, in a with a 401k loan. That's been increased to 100,000 with the CARES Act, but that'll go away soon. Um, so we pretty much we set up an S corporation. We were able to get some of his retirement assets into the S corporation by doing a 401k loan. He was able to get an SBA loan and that S corp because that first territory was active, and 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 all the losses that he built up in that in that first territory with all the build out improvements, etc., um, furniture, equipment, you name it. All that was able to, uh, with the S corporation, that was able to pass through to his 1040, which offset a substantial amount of his uh, his W-2 income. And we still did a robbed because he wanted to get that second territory because this franchise is a good brand and he wanted to get two territories because they're going to sell like hotcakes. Chances are that second territory wasn't going to be available a couple years down the road when he was av- when he when he would be ready to activate it. So he wanted to buy it and hold it. And he got a, he got a little better deal on the per franchise fee uh, pricing by getting two instead of one. So, but pretty much we did the robs pretty much to to acquire the rights to the second territory to the second territory and we, and and just let it sit there for a couple of years until it's ready to activate. But in the meantime, the first territory was was uh, was set up through the S corporation, and all the losses were able to flow through to the 1040 and offset the W2. So you know he saved several he got several thousand dollars back. He saved uh, thousands of dollars in taxes um, on, on his 1040 for that year. And that would have never happened if he would have done both, if he would have done both um, territories in the ROBS because of the, the, the way that Rob C Corps are taxed compared to S Corps. So that's one story. And you yeah, probably have and any questions you know, on that? Michael, or, yeah. Well, Michael, what I was going to say is that uh, by you laying that out, it makes so much sense to, um, to seek out your advice because many times what happens is that um, we, just, we just go down, well, the, what's the next step, the next step? Well, the next step is I have to pay for it, so what are my options? Well, here's the lenders that, um, that you, know, you can talk to. And, of course, the lender is certainly going to be all for whatever their product is not necessarily thinking about whether it's right for the person in front of them. And I kind of equate that to when I work with a client, instead of them going directly to the franchisor, it's better for them to work with a broker like me because I take into consideration what their life looks like before I even start looking at concepts. So um, I think it's important for that person to have somebody really dissect um, their, what, they, what they come to the table with to, before they make that decision. So I, I really like what you're doing with this, Michael. So uh, do you have another story you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, could, I, could, I could follow up. I, I, I can continue on that because you brought up some great talking points right there. But for the sake of time, you, know, like, you and me, Linda, we can talk for hours. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. this uh, – another story that I have that is so, 
and this happened a couple. This happened more than a couple of times, and it. So I've. I, I, I become almost like I, I evolve. I, I go. I get into this certain mode when I'm on these franchises. When I'm on these consultation calls, I'm talking about the numbers. I'm talking strategy. I'm talking this. I'm talking that. And I, and and I, and I often get a candidate that's at the that's at the finish line. They're all ready to go, and they're just they're just uh, they're just nervous for one. And not. I mean, it's. I mean, getting it's ready natural. to invest in the business. Yeah, it's natural, yeah. especially when you get to that 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 point. Where you're about to sign the franchise agreement, go to you know, and, and, and go to training, it's natural to get some cold feet because it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I get that, and so when I I, I, I work with I, I get candidates on the consultation calls that are at that stage and they're just really nervous or just overanalyze. They're just got they just really want they just have all these questions about their projections that they have. They've been working these mm-hmm. projections. One example is this guy in the Midwest recently invested in the painting franchise, wildly successful in his corporate career before the franchise. Um, and I, and, and I'm pretty sure he's still going to be keeping it. You know, he, like, he's going to be uh, a super smart guy has these financial, has these projections prepared to a T he knows what he's doing. And, and he, is about to pull the trigger on the front and he just, he wants, uh, he wants me to review them. He wants me to see if they're accurate. I'm looking at them with him. And, and I just tell him, I say, Hey, like, these are like, these are accurate projections. Like the, like you can only do so much with projections. They're called projections for a reason because right. they're not actual. You're only going to know what you're only going to be able to do an actual versus projected comparison after you get a year deep plus into the endeavor. Like, at a certain, like, you know, you've gone as far as you can go. Like you've got, and, and, and by the way, these were excellent projections. Like they, they weren't, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, cause I do get that candidate that really has nowhere to start. Like they don't even know mm-hmm. how to, you know, work an Excel spreadsheet. Cause I, and, and I, and, and, and that's, um, and, and I worked that for, but so I pretty much told, I told this gentleman, I said, listen, stop overthinking this. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be like, th- 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 these financial projections are good. And they're and, and they're projections. They're not actual. So stop trying to get actual. Like the only way that you can get actual is to actually go and is to business. actually do it. <laughs> is to actually do it. And so he and was. That's he was called inquiring. a P and like, a P&L statement. That's not called projections. Yeah. Now we're talking about a P and L statement. <laughs> exactly. So and, and 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 I and and I'm very like you know and, and so my hourly rate. I'm certain. Like so. Like for example. Like two two uh, things that I do that are in the deal type of services, like as opposed to after the deal types of services, the latter being income tax preparation, bookkeeping, payroll, tax projections, all that's at, you know, entity structure set up, but some paid services that I provide to candidates that want to uh, engage me on some stuff while they're still going through the investigation process is if it's a resale, resale financial statement due diligence, or, you know, putting projections together or item 21 due diligence, Due diligence and my hourly rate is 250. And and I usually mm-hmm. strive and I always tell people, listen, my 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 intention is to spend three to six hours. But the point I'm getting to is the gentleman was inquiring about uh, you know you know paying me to do to to um to to help him with his financials with his projections, and you know uh, and I'm sure a lot of other CPAs out there would love to you know charge him 250 and just take his money and just you know. Uh, you know, just kind of come up with a laundry list of questions and to yeah. pretty much like, you know, put on a dog and pony show to, to justify their fee. 
but you know, I, I, I take pride in my ethics, Linda. And so I, I thought, mm-hmm. like, listen, like, I'm not going to, like, there's not, like, sure, I could charge you and, and I can go over these projections, but you've already got them done. Like, there's nothing more that I can do. Like, there, there is, but, like, I'm not going to tell you anything that you don't know already. I, I don't want to yep. take your money. Like, you're ready, yep. mister. So go do it. Mm-hmm. And so he really appreciated that, that, that candor, like, you know, that he was, mm-hmm. he was ready to pay me. And, 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 but what was he going to pay me for? And so I just right. felt, you know, and if it was a certain situation where I felt like it, w- it was appropriate, like if we, if it was a resale opportunity with, with, uh, you know, and, and he wanted me to look over the, the seller's financial statements and to arrive at seller's discretionary earnings to see if their multiple of SDE was reasonable and to, you know, come up with a list of questions, you know, hey, maybe that due diligence would result in that resale purchase price coming down 30 or 50K. I don't know. But mm-hmm. in this situation mm-hmm. with this projection on a new territory, yeah. I wasn't really going to do it. So he really appreciated that. And so, and, and that's, yeah. the, uh, I, I'm really, I'm trying to provide good advice, even if that means money, not in my pocket in the short term, uh, because I'm, I, I'm in this for the long term. And, you know, Michael, the bottom line is you just, if you're going to build your business on reputation, then you just have to do the right thing. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I have heard, I've heard franchise attorneys, I've been told by franchise attorneys that they tell their clients, do not work with brokers. Now, they, don't, they say that because of past experience. I don't mm-hmm. work that way. And once they get to know me, they're happy to work with me. But it's about the reputation. And by you doing the right thing from the very beginning with a client, you know, it, it's, it's your name. And, you know, it, it carries a lot. It carries a lot. Michael, if somebody's listening right now and they're thinking, you know, I need to, I need to talk to this guy because I'm in a spot where I don't know which way to go when it comes to purchasing this franchise, how would they get in touch with you, Michael? So they can email me. They can call me. They can text me. They can LinkedIn message me. I am available all those avenues. Um, and, uh, and, and as soon as they reach out to me, I will respond to them uh, within 24 hours. And, 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 and my team will facilitate uh, the scheduling of of uh, an, an introductory phone call, and then we'll go and then we'll go from there. Good. What is the website? The website is www.swartzreader.com, and I can provide that link to anyone who's interested. And our website is is in the process of getting upgraded right now. Um, we are in the process of of uh, revamping the website and and highlighting our niche in the franchise space. So exciting things coming uh, to an internet near you <laughs> in the context of, a, of a, a new and improved Swartz and Reader website. Great. What is your email address, Michael? My email address is michaelreader at swartzreader.com. So my first and last name, Michael Reader, that's R-E-E-D as in David, E-R, at swartzreader.com. That's S-W-A-R. T as in Tommy, Z as in Zachary, reader, R-E-E, D as in David, E-R, dot com. Lovely. We're down to those final three questions here. The first one is, if there is someone listening, and I think we've talked about a lot of this today, uh, if there's someone listening who is considering purchasing a franchise, 
what would you suggest that they do to prepare for this process? Easy. Work with a franchise consultant like Linda. The reason being is because if there's someone listening who is considering purchasing a franchise, what do you suggest they do to prepare for the process? What I don't suggest for them to do is just surf the Internet because the Internet right. is going to bombard them with information that they're not going to know where to start. And, yeah. and, and franchise, so franchisors are going to sell you, Mr. and Mrs. Candidate out there who's listening, it's their job to sell you. And by the way, like, like, you know, it's mutual due diligence, and I'm sure Linda can explain that more. Mm-hmm. But the franchise consulting, pro- the, the, the franchise or franchisee um, courting process is mutual due diligence. Just because you can financially qualify for a, a brand, the good brand, you know, that's not good enough for the good brands. They want to make sure that you're a good fit for them as a franchisee. But, but with that being said, if they deem that you are a good fit for them, the franchisors are going to sell you, are, are going to try to sell you on brands. But a franchise yep. consultant such as Linda, it's not their job to sell you. It's their job to uh, get to know you and, and educate you about the industry of franchising and answer any questions that you have about the industry of franchising and get to know you both qualitatively and quantitatively qualitatively meaning like your, your, your passions, your background, your interests, quantitatively, your financial position, and go through a whole consultation process and then present to you uh, a group of brands that may, that may be a good fit for you. So you can cut out all of the noise and all of the, mm-hmm. you know, all of the, all of the overwhelming advice coming from a million different directions that if you're just surfing the internet randomly um, that you're going to get. So when you, when you're considering purchasing a franchise, don't go to the internet Go to a franchise consultant like Linda because uh, because friend, the good brands out there they 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 value the services of a franchise consultant such as Linda because by going through her franchise consulting process, not only are you, Mr. and Mrs. Candidate out there, going to learn a lot about franchising, but Linda is is going to pre-qualify you in several different aspects. That by the and, and she's going to and she's going to. Yeah, and she and the, the franchisors value her service, her franchise consulting services, because she introduces qualified candidates to the franchisors. And if it wasn't for Linda, then the franchisors would have to do all of that pre-qualifying and vetting themselves, and go through a lot of unqualified candidates before they stumble across a, a good candidate here and there. So, go and and so when you work with someone like Linda, you're going to either real, you're going to realize that franchising is a good fit for you. And you're going to go through her process, or you're going to. Uh, one thing's for sure: when you're going through uh, 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 the consulting process with Linda, you're going to learn a lot about the franchise industry. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to either yeah. realize that franchising is a good fit for you, and you're going to go through her process, and she's going to introduce you to qualified brands that are going to be a good fit for you. Or you're going to realize that franchising is is a good fit for you, but for down the road. Or you're going to realize that franchising is not a good fit for you because after learning certain things, you realize, you know what, I thought that franchising was different. Okay, I'll go back to my corporate job or I'll start my independent business. And so someone like Linda is not going to charge you anything. Um, it's free to work through her process. And so if you're going to go, through, and I know I'm rambling, but if you're, going to, okay. if, you're going to, if you're going to purchase a franchise, there's so much information out there. Save yourself a lot of trouble and work with a consultant like Linda for all the reasons that I mentioned instead of just going to the Internet. So I appreciate that, Michael. And, you know, it's funny, as you were um, talking, it reminded me that there um, was one occasion where I had started working with someone, and in conversation, 
uh, I was able to identify, you know, they really weren't <laughs> a candidate for franchising, and I suggested that they just go get a job. <laughs> and that, and I, that mean, and, and that, and that is evidence that you're a great franchise consultant because I feel that a, a great franchise consultant, you know, is you know, tells it how it is, and, and you don't want to yeah. blindly like it. it you know, we're, like you're not selling houses. You're not selling. Right. Um, you're not selling a mortgage. Like you know, like or, or mm-hmm. you you broker them into a house, and then it's just bricks and dirt, and they're there, and it is what it is. You're you're advising them on on on, on buying a business, and so yeah. it's a big like 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 like. I'm sure that you don't want to be like. I don't know how you would be able to sleep at night if you just rushed someone right. through the process. They bought a business. Oh. You made a commission check, and they right. failed. You know, so yeah. you did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's for me. It's not about the the transaction. It's about the relationship. And like you said, I exactly. have to sleep with myself at night. So the second question here, Michael, is what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? I think that the main two traits are um, uh, a strong sales background and a strong operations background, um, and and then also strong uh, communication skills. Uh, a mm-hmm. strong skill, uh, strong ability to work as a team, strong leadership skills. So I know you said what are two, and I just gave you five. But um, most franchisors look for at least a couple of those skills that I mentioned for franchisees, because as long mm-hmm. as the franchisee has that, then the franchisor can most likely train them on the specifics of their actual brand and business model. And so, yeah. uh, for example, like there's a very reputable, like they're like. Most friends, like, so for example, like, you know, if you're, if you want to invest in a flooring franchise or if you want to invest in a painting franchise, chances are, you know, the franchisor doesn't care. The, the franchisor is not going to require you to have like, you know, a decade of painting experience or a decade of flooring experience. They, mm-hmm. they want their franchisees to have, like, you know, to have a, a sales background, to have an operations background, you know, a project management background, uh, communicate, you know, a, ability to manage teams, uh, ability to communicate and work well with others. If you have those, and, and a lot of those traits are cultivated in the corporate world. So you have uh, prospective franchisees that are coming from corporate world. Uh, they're getting sick of the corporate grind or they just got laid off or whatever the reason is. But over the last 10, 20, 30 years, they, they, they excelled at sales, you know, selling a bunch of stuff or services for the corporation they were working for, or they were used to, managing teams of 10, 15, you know, people at the, at the, you know, like uh, under them that were reporting to them over, over at their corporate job. And so those are skills that are cultivated a lot in the corporate world that translate well to franchise business ownership. Mm -hmm. Very good. Absolutely. So we're coming down to the end of the show, but the last question I have here for you is what does the future of franchising look like? I think it looks bright, and the reason I say that is because the industry is evolving, just like several other things in this pandemic that we're in. Um, number one, you know, when so franchise like when when the average person out there thinks of franchising, they think of the food service industry. They think of Dunkin' Donuts, yeah. Subway, McDonald's, um, <laughs> and so. But franchising exists in over 120 different industries. There are home there are, are there are home-based businesses. You know, like like people think of brick and mortar when they think of franchise. Like, so there's so many different business models out there, and franchise consultants such as Linda that are bringing awareness to the market of, of the world of franchising 
is going to, you know, uh, franchising is that third option at the table that people are not talking about that they're going to start that they're going to start talking about more and more. So, mm-hmm. you know, once once the kids get put to bed, the spouses are having a conversation in the context of, "Honey, like what do I do? I hate my job. Like do I do I do I leave my job and find another corporate job or do I start my consulting business that I always started that I always wanted to do, but that's going to take forever. Uh, I don't know what to do." And they toggle back and forth between those two options. Well, franchising is the third option that no one's talking about at the dinner table that they're going to start talking about at the dinner table. And, um, you know, because they're, they're thinking, you know, well, franchising, why would I do that? I, I don't want to own a Subway. I don't want to own a Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. did you know that franchising is so much more than that? Oh, no, I didn't. You know, can I learn mm-hmm. more? Sure. And then go through my, you know, so, and, and, the, and the, you know, like uh, there are reputable brands out there that are home service based that, you know, the franchise fee is 60K and the all in initial investment initial plus the first 12 months is 100 K or 115 K, which means that the majority of what the investment is, is just the 60 K franchise fee. Everything else yep. is just some working cap. So, and, and then you can, and, 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 and there's the potential to uh, recover your investment in the first 12 or 24 months in a, in a service, yep. in a service-based home-based business like that. And then the earnings potential from there, you know, is, is, is very strong. So uh, I think that the future of franchising is good because uh, there are so many different, um, franchise models out there. Uh, I think that the home, the home based model is going to only get more and more popular with this COVID environment that we're in. And, um, and, and we're still not, you know, we're not out of COVID anytime soon. And once we are out, like, I personally think, and this is like another like five hour conversation that we'll have one day, but I personally think that we're going to just see a new normal as opposed to things going back to normal pre COVID. I think we're in a new normal moving forward. Um, and, and I think that, you know, and, and, uh, um, and people, uh, and, and we're, regardless of COVID, we were already going into a world of more automation. Um, mm-hmm. Regardless of who wins the election in 2020, um, the, uh, in, in the long run, I feel that, and this is speculation, but like, in the long run, I feel that taxes are only going to go up just because of our national mm-hmm. debt. And so mm-hmm. in the long run, so with, the, with, mm-hmm. with, with the emergence of AI and automation, and the uh, likelihood of higher taxes in the long run. What that means is that big corporations are going to cut expenses, which means people are going to get laid off because they're going to get replaced by robots and they're going to be job cuts because they all of a sudden have this tax liability, this corporate tax liability that they have to make room for. So people are going to lose their job and people are going to want to do something on their own instead of going back. You know, there's going to be less corporate opportunities out there. So people are going to find a way to how to, how to make it on their own. And franchising is going to be a very strong option for them to consider as opposed to starting something from scratch. So to answer your question, Linda, I think the future of franchising is bright. Yeah, very, very good. Michael, it's been great having you on the show, and I really want to bring you back on. So if you're open to that, we'll certainly bring you back on to um, cover some of those areas that we weren't able to to touch on even today. So I'd love to have you back on the show in the future if you're open to that. I'm open to it. Let's do it, Linda. You Wonderful. tell me when, I'll be here. Okay, very good. Michael, one more time. How could they get in touch with you? Email address and website. Email address, michaelreader at schwartzreader.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-E-E-D-E-R at schwartzreader.com, S-W-A-R-T-Z, 
R-E-E-D-E-R.com. My cell phone, you can call me or text me, 847-302-3397. That's 847, area code 847-302-3397. Call me or text me at that number or visit my website, soon to be a much better website than what it is today. Coming to you soon, uh, an optimized website, SwartzReader.com, www.SwartzReader, S-W-A-R-T-Z, R-E-E-D-E-R.com. Wonderful. Michael, thanks again for being on this show, and I look forward to having you back. Thanks for having me, Linda. It was a pleasure. I look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. So, folks, you know, it is important to make sure that you have those, um, those close um, advisors uh, or have advisors close to you that are really looking out for you. Like Michael says, he doesn't paint anyone with that broad brush. He can't do that. Everybody's situation is different. So I'm going to leave you with this quote, as I always do. So this is a Warren Buffett quote. It goes like this. Risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. So if you don't know anything more than spreadsheets and numbers, uh, you might want to make sure that you talk to someone, especially Michael Reeder, that can help you with that. Thanks again, folks, for being with me today. Look forward to seeing you next time on All Things Franchising. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.